Just one sec, guys. Here's the espresso I made for you. Wow, Lee, so excited to try out your espresso. Who's that? What's up? What are you guys doing? I was just making a nice espresso. Would you like... No, Lee. You'll all have to try Death Wish Coffee. Kurt, isn't that the world's strongest coffee? Fuck yes, it is. Oh, man. It tastes great. Just explosion of flavor in my mouth. When I try Death Wish Coffee, it feels like Jesus Christ himself washing down my throat. But, Kurt, this is a lot of coffee. You must have spent a ton of money on it. And not just American dollars, but Canadian money. Fuck, no, I didn't. I used coupon code 3 Greeners and I got 10% off. You can, too! <sighs> In a world of lame, nerdy podcasts, one, no three, and maybe sometimes more nerds, will rise to the challenge. We hold these studios accountable. We celebrate the amazing feats of cinema. We sometimes rage out. We are the Three Angry Nerds Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Three Angry Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me. As always, is Adam. How's it going, Adam? That's going pretty good. Yeah. How about you? <laughs> uh, it's fine. I uh, I had a really weird sleep last night where I got up a few times and then overslept a little bit to this recording. But hey, I made it. I made it. It's what matters. Um, no. It's also kind of funny too, cause like you know. Uh, I'm with some, like, dating somebody right now, and so, like, anytime they come over, I always clean my place beforehand to make sure it looks nice for them. And then when it comes around to, like, Saturday nowadays, I'm like, I don't have any cleaning to do because I did all my cleaning on Friday. So I'm like, this is great. I could just relax for the rest of the day. So. Get you, yeah. Yeah, life is, yeah. life is good. Life is good. Okay. Um, yeah, we got a lot of Spider-Man and Superman to talk about, apparently, because that's, like, pretty much the dominant things in the news. Ah, uh, okay. Um, there's a rumor that Spider-Man Four could mix st a street-level story with multiverse elements, and there's also an update on Andrew Garfield's future with the franchise. Because you may be thinking, is he done with Spider-Man? Um, yeah. So this comes from the Cosmic Circus. Uh, their the writer Alex Press, who actually has a very, um, he's got a very accurate track record. So, you know, things he says usually end up being pretty on point. Maybe not a hundred percent, but like pretty on point. Uh, and then he was asked if it's, um, he says that pretty much everything we've heard about uh, Spider-Man No Way Home or Spider-Man Four, sorry, is accurate. Uh, that uh and he heard that there is a middle ground being negotiated by having the story involve both elements uh being that of the multiverse and the street level stuff right now sony is aiming for a 2025 release which would be very unlikely at this to you know considering where it's at, at this stage so um i don't know how they're gonna merge multiverse elements with like a street level story because the street level story to me says like hey we're going more like grounded with the story which would make sense because i mean the last spider-man story was just so out there it was great like no way home i remember uh you and i went to the screen for that they took our phones 
they were like, yeah. <coughs> yeah, we know, had to put it in like a safe or something. It was crazy. Yeah. Like, I, I think it's nice that they're going to like a more grounded Spider-Man story, but I just don't know how they're going to do multiverse elements. I don't know. But yeah, I would kind of prefer maybe they just not like, I mean, we had a bunch of multiverse in the last one. So, yeah, you know, um, and this one, like, especially since, you know, he's on his own now and like no one remembers him, like maybe just have him more just like, you know, more simple, just finding himself kind of, you know, it could be a more grounded human story. Um, yeah. And then maybe bring the multiverse in later again. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Perez did say that uh, he did say that we're going to get more of Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man story, like 100%. He says we're definitely getting more of them, but he says that in his opinion, it's not enough to warrant a like separate film. So whatever we get would probably just be like plot line in like another Spider-Man movie or maybe an Avengers movie which I kind of guess makes sense like I always figured Avengers Secret Wars would probably be the best place to bring them back just because Secret War is kind of like the idea with that is that you bring together uh, superheroes from all these different multiverses so I mean bringing in Toby and Andrew for Secret Wars just makes a whole lot of sense um, you know they could probably wrap up his story in that movie. Yeah, that would be really cool to see them again there. I mean, it would be really cool um, to see all of it. Like, even if you get, like, the Fox X-Men characters, Toby and Andrew, Spider-Man, maybe even throw in, like, that, the Fantastic Forecast from, like, the early 2000s. Like, bring everyone <laughs> back for Secret Wars. I, I have no reason to believe this to be a, true at all, but I just think... If they're going to do a big multiverse story, and if they want to, like, do a send-off for all these other uh, movies and characters, like, bring them all back for Secret Wars. That would be a lot of fun. So. Yeah. So, I kind of heard, too, that, like, um, apparently <laughs> Sony had offered uh, for Andrew Garfield to come back uh, for another movie, and apparently Madam Web was to like set a lot of that up or kind of mm. like to like include more ties to his character in that um interesting and then i heard that was the reason for a lot of rewrites because uh, apparently he declined it and then like they were so sure of it happening and then he declined and took he's taking a break from acting and it's kind of like he hasn't he doesn't have any new movies or anything lined up right now so yeah um, yeah, I heard that was a reason for cutting a lot of stuff out of Madam Web. I mean, it um, could be. I, yeah. yeah. I know Sony really is in a desperate state right now. I mean, most of their Sony Spider-Verse movies have been not great and have bombed. I mean, I want to say the Venom movies are probably the only two that have been, like, financially successful. And, like, mm-hmm. Venom 2 was, like, a little, like better critically than uh venom one but like yeah like morbius bombed hard i mean madam web bombed hard i'm sure there was others that we already forgot about but (laughs) yeah like i don't know 
I could see like how it makes sense for Sony to be like, let's go back and like do some more Andrews storyline. Now that like the fans are chiming for it, right? But yeah, I just yeah, it it definitely reeks to me like Sony's trying to capitalize on this stuff and they just don't know what they're doing. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, they're kind of very reactive. And yeah. Really think they have a real... At this point, <laughs> I would but... I would tell Sony like just stick to your Spider Verse movies, like. Even do spinoffs of that. Like, I rewatched uh, Beyond or Across the Spider Verse last night. And uh, even my girlfriend was saying, like, why don't they give Hobby his own movie? And I'm like, yeah, like, you could easily do that. Like, give Hobby his own movie. Give, um, you know, the Indian Spider Man his own movie. Like, there's tons of things you could do with that, like, with those movies that they haven't really been doing much. Even Spider Gwen. Like, give. Give, like, a solo Spider-Gwen movie. Although, I guess they did, they did kind of give her a bunch of plot in the second movie. So, maybe not, but... Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I've I wanted since the very first Spider-Verse, too. Like, just to build out that universe. And instead, they, they just seem to be kind of trying to write off the success of the MCU. By, you know, even in the marketing, they're, like, like, from the creators of No Way Home. And, like... Yeah. Like they're trying to like pass it off as if it's just also MCU stuff, and, and then you watch Madam Web, you're like, "This is no no way home. This is yeah <laughs> something like, else." Like maybe just lean into the animation. Like, yeah, people like it, and it can make money. So yeah, and I mean, I didn't like the ending of Across the Spider Verse at first because I thought it was a little too heavy on the cliffhanger. But like, and rewatching it, I'm like. Man, it still leaves on a pretty, like, cool, badass note. It's just, yeah. yeah. Cliffhangers be, be cliffhangers. I, I'm not a fan of leaving a movie hanging like that. Unless it's, like, it feels like there's enough of a resolution to the plot itself. Like, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. It still felt like the movie largely had wrapped up good elements of its story before, you know, that movie wrapped. But there was still an ongoing plot, which is fine. That's... that's that works. Um, okay. Uh, There's also a rumor that Spider-Man 4 will introduce the MCU versions... Our MCU's version of Miles Morales. Uh, this, I believe. If only because... I know Tom Holland doesn't really... Like, he's kind of leaning away from acting. And, like, apparently they had to really, like pull out the money truck and do a lot of stuff to get him to come back for Spider-Man 4. So I think it would be in Marvel and Sony's best interest to at least have some sort of contingency plan if he doesn't want to come back for more movies. Like, you don't have to have Miles be, like, the main Spider-Man, but, like, just have him there. Because if Tom Holland's like, I don't want to do this anymore, I'd rather they do, like, Miles than recast him or something like that. Yeah, I could see that. They kind of slowly phase as they, as they bring in Miles. Yeah. yeah. Maybe what is... for this next, if they do a whole other trilogy or, you know. Well, that's just it, right? Like, and if you do uh, Miles, you can do, like, a bunch more movies. I mean, the only thing with Miles is I don't know who you would cast for that. Like, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head that I'd be like, oh, this person should play Miles. But... 
You know what I'm surprised Sony hasn't done? Just thinking about this, like, whoever's doing the Spider-Man video games, just put them in charge of the movie. Oh, yeah. They're pretty much doing exactly the whole Spider-Man-Miles dynamic. Like, everything, like, really perfectly. And it's like, yeah, you could just do that in in, in film, you know? Yeah. I also just think it'd be, like, kind of cool to see, like, I don't know, because I also feel like Spider-Man 4 bringing in Miles makes a ton of sense, just because, I mean, Peter lost a lot of his support system in the last um, movie, right? Like, um, his friends and MJ all forgot who he is, and, like, he lost uh, Aunt May. So he doesn't really have, like, too many people to, like, be by his side. And I'm thinking, like, Miles would be a good way to, like, bring somebody in that, like, he can kind of confide in. Like, somebody that'll kind of have his back. Because I think otherwise you have, like, there's rumors that Daredevil is going to be in in Spider-Man 4. And I'm like, maybe you have Daredevil as, like, someone he can confide in. But, like, I think he needs someone that's, like... I don't know, a little more available than the Daredevil to be, like, his emotional support system. So, I don't know. I just think, like, it would be really easy to just be like, oh, yeah, like, Miles is kind of like a friend of his now that, like, he can confide in and, uh, you know, beyond just being the Spider-Man. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Well, we'll see. I feel like Spider-Man 4 could go so many different ways. Like, I feel like Sony also would love for it to just be No Way Home 2, basically, and just, like, bring back a bunch of the people from the other movies. And Yeah. I could definitely see the producers being like, can we just do this? And it's like, uh... Yeah. <laughs> Uh, speaking of Spider-Man, the animated series from the 1990s, uh, John Semp- or Semper Jr., who was the showrunner on that, uh, was interviewed and they asked him, like, oh, would you do, like, an X-Men uh, 97 kind of style revival? And he said, yep, he'd be down for it. He doesn't know if Disney wants to do it, but he says he'd be willing to. I'd be more interested in this than the X-Men revival, to be honest, but... I also don't... I, yeah, I would too. <laughs> I like. I also feel like the X-Men uh, animated series is more for like Marvel to keep X-Men interest until they bring out those characters. So I don't know if like they would need that with Spider-Man just because they have the movies coming out and stuff, but like, maybe. I think... Like, that would be also a cool way to, to like, just... You can have Spider-Man and just tell people, like, this is, like, an Elseworlds story. This is, like, in in a different multiverse than the regular MCU. And it doesn't muck with anything. Also, I I remember them, like, announcing some animated Spider-Man projects. It was, like, going to be him in college or something. Like, they showed a bunch of character models. But I don't know what happened with that or if that's even still in production or or if it got canned. Hmm. Because uh, it was pretty much, it was going to be like an animated, like, version of the Tom Holland Spider-Man. I think to be like an in-between. Well, I know they were doing one that's like going to be him in high school, but before he gets his powers, but... Oh, like, was it, it was like a prequel thing? Yeah. But, uh, like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happened with that one. I think, 
they're still working on it. I don't think they've given it like a release date for it, but I think they changed the title of it or something like that, and that's been the only real progress they've made on it. But yeah, but hey, a Spider-Man '94 revival. So I think that's when the show ended. Was 1994. Give me a Spider-Man 94 revival. I will gladly take it. That was, was it? like my childhood. Like, every Saturday morning watching that. Yeah. <laughs> I love that they, show. They had some cool, like... I mean, like, obviously the villains come from the cartoon... Or from the um, comic books and all that. But, like, they had some really cool takes on, like, Goblin and Doc Ock and stuff and that. That I think would be really cool to keep that going again and just tell people like this is a different multiverse it doesn't affect tom holland it doesn't you know change anything else but it just would be a really cool way to like bring back that character and also give a little bit of finality because i i if i'm remembering correctly the show ended on a bit of a cliffhanger too it didn't have a full resolution to the story yeah i don't remember exactly but yeah if it uh yeah, if, if that's the case, they could definitely just wrap it up, give it, like, a proper closure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think even, like, I think they even had that Spider-Man appear in, in the Spider-Verse movies as, like a, like, a quick little cameo, so. I mean, there's even, like, a little tie-in. I know they had the superior Spider-Man. I don't know about this one, but, yeah. I know they definitely had, like, some older animated Spider-Man, but... I'd have to go back and rewatch Spider Verse. Like even though I watched rewatched it last night, there's just so it's so visually dense with cameos that it's almost like you miss out on some because there's just no way you can visually take it all in before they move to the next shot. So. Yep. <laughs> okay, on to Superman. Uh, well, it was called Superman Legacy, but uh, it's now just called Superman, according to James Gunn. Uh, and we got our first official look at the Man of Steel's new suit. Mind you, it's a very close close-up. You just see the S, but you can kind of see the colors and the, you know, generally what they're going for with it. Uh, yeah. What do you think of it being called Superman instead of Superman Legacy? I mean, for it, it kind of makes sense. It's nice and simple. Um... At first, I was like, wait, can they do that? Because I, I thought the original, uh, the Superman 79 movie was just called Superman. But I guess actually it was it was marketed and promoted as Superman the movie. So I guess uh, technically there's never uh, been a Superman movie that's just been called Superman. So Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like he can, he can do it. And um, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know... Yeah, it just keeps it simple. And the legacy part, um, I don't know. It was a good subtitle, but I guess it's a little redundant, too. It's like, yeah, like most Superman movies, we look at his legacy anyways, like... Yeah. Yeah. It's all part of his legacy or whatever, so... Yeah. But I, I like the logo. It's um, It looks kind of like a modern take on the classic logo more simplified like a little geometric yeah um very similar to the kingdom come logo yeah just kind of like one solid slash across like on an angle um so that's interesting um i think like there was there was a new animated show too on cart 
the Cartoon Network. Um, it's like My Adventures with Superman. Mm-hmm. Had a very similar logo design too. So it seems to be kind of like all of DC's kind of adopting this new look for Superman, which is fine. Um, yeah, it's fine. And I'm I'm gonna, I'm willing to bet too. I think he's gonna have the red trunks. I think yeah. they're gonna bring the red trunks back. I just it kind of feels that way. Yeah. Uh, maybe with the yellow belt even too. Kind of do like a more more classic look. I think they will. Yeah. Because. Yeah, I could definitely see it. I also feel like James Gunn probably like. I mean this in the nicest way possible, but he does seem very like responsive to everybody that like bugs him on Twitter. And it's like, I'm sure people were like, are you going to put it in the trunks? He's like, uh, yeah, I'll put it in the trunks. Sure. <laughs> and someone later is going to be like, are you going to take out the trunks? He's like, oh, yeah, sure. I'll take out the trunks. Like, he responds to a lot of stuff on Twitter. And I'm like, always so surprised that he's so responsive. Like, don't you have a fucking movie universe to, to create? What are you doing fucking <laughs> replying to people on Twitter all day long? But Yeah, he's really active. Yeah. But, you know, I do like that he he calls out a lot of the BS rumors and stuff and clickbait yeah. stuff. Like, he'll just straight up be like, "No, this isn't true," or like, yeah. "No, false." And you know, there's some big article about like, "Well, the exclusive rumor Superman legacy," and he's like, "No." <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's kind of funny to see. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, the movie also cast the Wire and Jack Ryan actor Wendell Pierce as Perry White. So. Last little bit of casting in that. Yeah, that's pretty good casting, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I, I really liked... Um, um, yeah, he was... Yeah, he was, he was a great Perry White, too. But I think this new guy... Um, really, he's a great actor, too. And I think he can do a good job. Yeah. Um... Also, it's kind of nice that, like, you know, they don't feel like they have to create, make Perry White, like, white. They can, you know, yeah. make him a person of color. I think that's, that's, I like when they do that, like, with, you know, certain characters. This just makes the world seem more believable to me, so. Yeah. And, like, that's a character you can do it with, like. A hundred percent. Just add a black Superman, like, it'd be a little, like. Eh, you know, <laughs> like if that what was I your mean. mainline Superman, like that was your, you're like, this is our hundred percent, our main Superman. It'd be like, no, if you tell me this is like an world story, sure. But like, yeah. if you're yeah. telling me, oh, this is like your main Superman, I'd be like, mm. <laughs> sir, I have questions. Yeah. Like for Perry White or, you know, other <laughs> secondary characters and things. Yeah. It's, it makes sense. It's fine. Yeah. So I think it's I think it's uh, good casting. We'll see uh, how it all pans out. I still kind of like wanting to see a trailer for this movie because I kind of feel like really I want to see a trailer. Yeah, like I just <laughs> don't know what the tone of the movie is or like what they're going for with this. Like I still need to see how this movie looks and feels. Yeah. But. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, figure I guess by, they just started filming, so. Probably Comic Con. They'll give us a trailer i would imagine if they Just go to Comic teaser Con. yeah a little 30 second teaser or something mm-hmm. i really i'm really excited to see nicholas holt as lex luther too yeah i think he's gonna kill it yeah. oh yeah 
And he's a great actor, too. So. Okay. Uh, the Batman spinoff, The Penguin, is targeting a late 24 premiere, according to Warner Brother Discovery's David Zaslov. So, yeah. Coming later this year. Um, I feel like we were waiting for it, like, last year, or Christmas, but didn't happen, and now it's this Christmas, coming Christmas. Uh, it was one of the projects affected by the strike that like no like yeah like i really i want this like please <laughs> yeah i think they were like in the middle of filming there was even some kind of it wasn't really a trailer it was kind of like a behind the scenes flash trailer thing for it yeah i don't think we've gotten like a proper trailer like with the plot yeah. or anything like that like i think anything we've seen is just like hey this is in production which we've kind of already known but yeah yeah yeah, I'm I'm super stoked for it. Yeah, and I kind of wonder like how it's gonna set up the Batman two, because I feel like there's gonna be like some setup there. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm yeah. curious if it'll set up like any other characters, like any other villains. I feel like it'll have to, right? Yeah, I mean it's gonna be focused on kind of the criminal world. And, like, some of the characters they cast are, like, from the long Halloween, so. Yeah, yeah, I think they got, a uh, Maroney. Yeah. Um, and, uh, Carmen Falcone's daughter. They were, yeah. They were big characters in the graphic novel. Like, if you've, yeah, if you've read the long Halloween, then, yeah, a lot of those characters are all showing up. So, I, I don't know if this would be an adaptation of that, because, obviously, you need Batman in that. But, like, I do wonder if they're setting up the long Halloween to be, like, the plot, more or less, of the second uh, movie. Which would be cool. I mean, they could put, like, a Harvey Dent in there. Yeah. You know? Even as just, you know, before Two-Face. Just have him as kind of district attorney trying to, like... What did they, didn't they kill the district attorney in the first movie? Like, wasn't he someone killed by Riddler? Uh, you know, I don't think... There was the woman that was running for mayor. Yeah. Oh yeah, there was the guy. Yeah, there was the district attorney guy that died because he was corrupt. He was like yeah. dealing drugs with the. I don't remember the name of the drugs. The. Uh, okay. Call them like uh, the drop heads, drops yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Okay, so there is potentially a setup for them to bring in a new district attorney. So that'll be. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. But yeah, late 2024, we'll see what happens. Uh, Shang-Chi director Destin Daniel Cretton will hem Lionsgate's live-action Naruto movie. I don't know too much about Naruto, but I know it's got its fans. So I was a big Naruto fan back okay. in, like, elementary school. Um, <laughs> yeah, me and my buddy, we'd watch a lot of the anime okay um i don't know though it's just one of those things that's like there's so many characters and there's just so many storylines it's like i don't know i don't know how or what you possibly adapt to make it like just a succinct like movie you know yeah like because it's like things just happen over like you know 
30, 60 episode seasons. Uh, so I really, I really don't, I wouldn't even know where you would start with a movie adaptation. You'd probably you'd have to change a lot of things. Like, mm. it's not going to be like a faithful one for one adaptation. That's just, that's just kind of impossible, I think. Um, but yeah, and I don't know. I always, a lot of these anime to live action adaptations, they don't seem to do well. And they just look kind of goofy. Yeah. Cartoony. Because, like, I mean, they are cartoons, but it's like, I don't know how you keep it kind of grounded and believable. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially because they, they have like a, it's like ninjutsu, which is basically their magic powers where they can do all these special moves and stuff. So it's going to be very CGI heavy. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I like Shang-Chi a lot, um, and I think he's a good director, and he kind of brought in a lot of... Uh, like mythical elements the, the dragon and stuff and yeah so maybe he can pull it off um, and i think he's working with the, the creator or the writer of naruto as well who's given him his blessings so yeah who know i mean let him cook you know we'll yeah see what they do yeah i'm curious i mean i don't have any stake in this i don't know i never watched naruto but then again like i never watched uh avatar and then I watched that show, and I'm like, it's okay, it's fine. <laughs> so yeah, what did you think of that? I didn't. <laughs> I watched like a first episode, and I'm like, eh. I thought it was fine. I just, I thought yeah. the CGI was a little too inconsistent for me. Like there was parts where the CGI looked yeah. great, and then parts where I was like, oh, that looks a little rough. But yeah, I agree. Um, The Last of Us season two adds Danny Ramirez, uh, Ariella. Barr, uh, Tati Gabrielle, and Spencer Lord as Abby's WLF crew. So, really just doubling down on this being an adaptation of The Last of Us Part 2, which is fine. I mean, there's no problem with that, but yeah. Definitely, if you thought they were going to be maybe, uh, I don't know, not fu- not quite doing season two, yeah, or doing the the second game in season two. They're definitely going in on that. I still don't know how many seasons they're going to take up with this because, like, season one of uh, Last of Us was pretty much one to one with the vi- the first video game, but I have a feeling they might do two seasons for the second game. But I don't know. That would be smart because it would kind of buy them time for them to make a third game. A hundred percent. That's going to take a while. and Yeah. and There was a lot that happened. Like, there was a lot of time jumps in the second game, too. Yeah. Uh, so they, they could just take their time. With uh, yeah. yeah. They could definitely... I, I feel like okay. they're going to take their time on uh, doing a certain thing with Pedro Pascal's character. Like, they might wait till the end of the second season to do that or I don't know just cause yeah. it's so abrupt in the game but I feel it like is. they might make you wait a little bit I don't know cause it's just but then I'm also like Pedro Pascal's doing so many other things he's got Fantastic Four and all this so I'm like is he gonna have time to do other stuff so I don't know I, I could see it happening like in the second episode or something yeah 
yeah, I mean, yeah, that would be a way to go. All right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just like, yeah, a lot of people are going to be mad. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> when I saw the girl that got cast as Abby, I'm like, girl, you better have a place with no internet because you're going to need it. Um, all right. And then final bit of news, Harry Potter, the reboot that's headed to HBO Max. Uh, it's set for a 2026 debut. Successions, Francesca Gardiner, uh, reportedly on board as the showrunner. So, I mean, Succession was a great show. Does that mean that Harry Potter will also be great? Maybe? Question mark? <coughs> yeah, I don't know if I would choose the Succession showrunner to be Harry Potter. Yeah. Like, I do I'm, think Harry Potter could benefit a lot from a, from like a series formatted uh, reboot. There's, there's a lot of stuff they didn't really uh, dig into from the books. So that would kind of give Like, if each book was its own season, I, I, could, I could see that. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Like, I'm thinking you do a book per season. Yeah. Um, and maybe for some of the bigger books, you could even do two seasons, because, like... Obviously, like, I think, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, like, the first three books were relatively small books. But, like, once you got to the fourth onward, they did, they got to be pretty lengthy books. Yeah. Um, yeah, the fourth one was the, the first fat one. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, damn. Yeah. Like, some of those you could even do two seasons if you really wanted to. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like this is so curious because, like, I feel like before we've had remakes of things and it's like, I don't know, whatever. But this is the first time where that we're really getting something monumental that, like, many of our generation, like, have an investment in the original that now they're remaking. And I think a lot of people are going to feel uh, very, uh, I don't know, they're, people are going to have opinions on this for sure i'm very curious how how it's gonna go like it's gonna really depend on who they cast as like harry potter and ron and hermione and all that so but i'm not necessarily not on board i just i feel like this is also something i would need a trailer for before i get excited yeah yeah i mean uh harry potter's an Manage since the seventh one finished. Like, yeah. All these Fantastic Beast ones are just bad, I think. Like, what they should have done is do, do a show of, like, Harry Potter's parents with a young Snape and, like, do that all backstory. Mm-hmm. That's what everyone wants to see. Um, and then do a Tom Riddle show. Do a backstory for all of Tom Riddle. Interesting. That's, that's what I would have done. See, I'm, do I'm kind of of the belief that I'd rather they do what I also have said Star Wars should do too, and just start with a new unknown character in that world. Yeah, yeah, you could okay. just have like random kids just like going to Hogwarts, you know? Yeah. And just do a whole show out of that. Like, that's kind of why The Mandalorian has done so well, I feel like, because The Mandalorian wasn't an established character like 
he yes he did have mandalorian armor so there was a little bit of a connection but like to be fair i feel like that was not even necessary but that's kind of why the mandalorian has worked so well and then of course afterwards they started to like throw in shit from the other movies and stuff but like i don't know i kind of need want that with harry potter like just give me like here's some new kids start on the school maybe you throw in a mystery and a new villain and stuff like that but like just give me something new like and i think they tried to do that with fantastic beasts but i just don't think the execution was there and also i think it doesn't help that like they weren't really in the school they were like doing something else like i feel like there's a certain element of like people want to see the school they want to see the sorting hat and all this other bullshit right like i say bullshit in the nicest way possible don't come at me but it's like i feel like there has to be some elements of the story from the from the original but like just yeah do something new like we haven't really seen uh the other schools around the world either you know like yeah in the fourth movie there was the other schools that kind of visited and you could obviously see they had very different like traditions and ceremonies and yeah you know some of them are showing up on like flying pirate ships and stuff or whatever and, yeah, yeah could do that see more of that you know like what's go what else is going on or like not just in london you know like yeah. are, what are all the other wizards doing yeah so yeah it, we'll see how it all goes i again need to see a trailer and i feel like this will also be like the abby casting where whoever they cast uh they're gonna get some backlash so be prepared for that okay uh that's it for news let's take a quick break and then we're going to come back and review the only new movie out this week which is doom part two hey spark have you listened to the newest album by smash mouth no i haven't gotten my copy yet oh man it's the bomb Somebody oh i heard they were going to use this for that new movie with mike myers shrek it's okay i mean it's no walking on the sun though Ah, a ghost! I'm the ghost of What's streaming? You can magically play any song you want. It's pretty cool. In fact, Amazon Music offers a three-month trial for new users to check out its Amazon? Like the website that sells books? Yes! In fact, take a look! What's this? It looks like a remote control, but from the future! It's a device that you can stream on, in fact. Why don't you go to HTTP? So you can try the service for free for one month. If you don't like it, you cannot subscribe at any time. Wow, there's a lot here. Yeah, there is. What's dubstep? Alright, we're back. Uh, 
It's funny with like all the strikes and all that, because it really is just like one thing to review this week. And I feel like it's gonna be slow with the movie uh the movie releases. Probably even into the summer, but we'll see. But uh yeah. Adam, you and I have both seen Dune Part Two. Uh what'd you think of Denise Villeneuve's sequel to Dune? So, yeah, I saw it in IMAX, um, and, I mean, in IMAX, just, like, the visual spectacle of it was, like, pretty amazing. Like, cinematography is stunning. Uh, the sound mixing, too, the sound effects and the score are just really, really cool. Like, really alien sounding. It, it's just, it was very easy to get kind of, like, just sucked into and swept away. Yeah. Um, so I think just as like a cinema experience, it was really impressive. Um, I liked that. I liked the pacing. I liked where they pick, they picked up pretty much where the last one left off. Um, yeah. Kind of Paul's like, uh, you know, kind of like on a quest for revenge as he's slowly building up you know, this army of the Fremen. Um, a bit of a love story with Zendaya, which. Um, didn't always connect with me but yeah. you know i i bought it like it's like okay i get it you know she's kind of she's very skeptical too of this whole kind of messiah prophecy that's been you know kind of deliberately planted um you know for him to fulfill um mm-hmm. i thought the mom got a lot of interesting stuff to do she kind of became kind of like pretty like sinister like in how she's kind of manipulating the tribe into like uh you know believe that her son's the savior figure mm-hmm. um, and it was really it was odd uh how she was like talking to Paul's sister i guess uh, you know she's pregnant with the baby yeah um because in the book i think the, the sister was actually born and was like a character that was there but the yeah here he's just communicating with her kind of telepathically almost yeah um so that was different uh, I liked that we saw the Harkonnen planet. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, the new Harkonnen bad guy, though, it, it just felt kind of like here's a new person. Like, I, I really, I don't know why. It could have easily have just been Dave Bautista, I feel, too. Like, yeah. kind of like, oh, here's just a new bad bald guy, and he's even more evil and crazy than the last one. And it's like, okay, but, you know, it doesn't really matter. Um but I really liked, I think the final act was the strongest. Uh, we get this big, like, war scene that's really awesome uh, battle. It kind of felt like like the Lord of the Rings finale, like on that scale and everything. Yeah. Um, I really liked, too, when they finally confront the Emperor and all that. That was awesome. Um, mm. I feel, though, like, I wanted more politics out of this. Like, I wanted more of them, like, discussing their strategy and planning. Um, and, like, instead of that, they kind of just show you, uh, like, they don't show you them deliberating about what they're going to do. They just kind of, like, do the things, and you're like, oh, shit. Like, I don't know if we're going to get in. Are we going to get into spoilers? or? Yeah, we can, sure. Okay. Yeah, because, like, like, at the end, when... He's like to the emperor, he's like, I'm going to marry your daughter. And it's like, whoa, it's like, where did that even come from? Like, you know, we didn't see any of them deciding that. 
Yeah. And I guess the effect is, like, we're kind of blindsided by that the same way that Chani, like, Zendaya's character is. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is kind of, I guess, the audience's kind of point of view in this film, too, or kind of... I would agree with that, yeah. Yeah, so it, it, that does kind of make sense, but it's also, like, I would have liked to see a little bit more of the strategizing and stuff. Yeah. Um, instead of just them just kind of, like, you're like, oh, shit, like, so this is what their plan is. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, it was overall, it was kind of, it felt like this big, bombastic, kind of, like, classic space opera. Um, and I, I dig it, yeah. Nice. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I, like, for context, like, I enjoyed Dune Part 1, but I did feel like the plot elements and the visual effects oftentimes were at, like, conflict with each other and it felt like all the visual effects and stuff didn't really feed into the plot all that much and I definitely felt like as this this movie is a lot bigger than the first Dune movie so like just I think unequivocally you can just say that like this movie is a lot bigger it's a lot badder it's a lot it's, it's just bigger badder more badass I don't know but like I don't know I never felt overly connected to like what a lot of these characters were doing um like i think this yeah you see a little bit more of like paul becoming like an anti-hero in this and like he makes some choices that are very questionable and stuff um but like i never really felt like i felt like that could have been fleshed out more i felt like i should have seen more of i don't know Paul kind of feeling a little more uneasy about some of the decisions he's making, or I don't know, like just, it didn't really, it felt like we got to a lot of him making choices and stuff in this that were like a little bit, um, yeah, a little questionable. Um, yeah. It did feel like a bit of a 180, because like the first part of the movie, he's like, no, I don't want to be this prophetic figure and whatever. And yeah. then kind of halfway through, he's just, like, totally embraces it. Yeah. Like it be, just, yeah, I didn't... I agree. I didn't, we didn't really see what caused that transition. No. Like, and I kind of felt like that should have been saved for the end of this movie. And, like, maybe you spend this movie giving more context for why he makes that decision. Um, yeah. They do add some more characters into this, and I feel like a lot of them were very shallow and didn't have anything interesting. Uh, Fayed, uh, Ratha, um, who, uh, he's the character played by Austin Butler. You've seen him in the trailers and stuff. Like, I, I think you touched on this earlier, but, like, he just doesn't have much going on for him. He's just, like... Oh, he's a badass. He's great in one-on-one combat. Great. What else, like, does he have going on? It just, it felt like, you know, I needed him to, like, show up and be, like, the Joker from The Dark Knight. Like, just have this guy fucking wreak havoc, and he never really does. It felt like there's just, there was so much going on in the plot that we never really got too much time to, like, flesh out his character. And then by the end of it, you have... Uh, the fight with him and Paul, and then his character is kind of done with, and it was like he felt like such a pointless character, 
And he felt like he was there for the visuals of like, oh, here's another bald guy because that's a visual thing, right? Like, when you see his character, like, he's very visually interesting. It's just, there's nothing else for me that was very interesting about him. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. I kind of just felt that about, like, a lot of this movie. Like, it looks great. Like, if you're judging this movie purely on its, like, visual prowess, this is one of the best-looking movies I've seen uh, definitely this year and probably in the last like year or two, like it just looks phenomenal and how, uh, Dennis Villeneuve like blends together, uh, like live, like in camera effects with CGI and stuff. It's actually quite phenomenal. Like he's definitely kind of pioneering a really great style that I think looks fantastic. It's just, how he how he develops the plot and how he kind of marries all those visuals into the plot, it's just a little too rough for me. And like, I don't know, it's it's not enough to make this a disaster. Like, it's still a watchable film. You can still understand what's going on and stuff. But like, definitely there was a lot of missed opportunities for me, at least in the plot, that kind of dragged it down a little bit. Um, I think it's also too like if you've read the books like you'll get a lot more out of these characters, but I felt like the movie never really did much to kind of explain. If you're just watching this as a movie and you've never read the books, like some of the characters they introduce, it's like, Oh, you would have had to have read the book to know this character. The movie doesn't really give necessarily enough information to explain why this character is who they are, or what their backstory is. So I don't know. Kind of like, uh, leaned a little bit into the books a little too much like that, where it was like, okay, like if you're somebody, Joe Blow, who's never read the books and you just want to watch the movie, like there should still be enough in there that you can take away things without feeling like you had to have read the books to understand everything. But. You know what, uh, what, what clicked a lot for me was there was an interview that, Denis Villeneuve gave, and he said that he hates dialogue, and that his dream is to make a movie that has zero dialogue. Um, okay. people, he, he's like, I want people to just walk out of the theater and be like, wait a second, like there, there was no dialogue in that movie. I'm like, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's very visual and very just kind of leaving you to kind of read in to the characters and what they're feeling and their motivations, but doesn't always that clearly no um yeah and and yeah if you have the background knowledge of the books you definitely you, you're kind of just filling it in a lot because you, you know yeah yeah like especially people, like yeah. there's some characters that pop up in this that like i've read the book so i know they are going to play a big part in dune messiah that's the the third movie that's going to be coming but like again the movie doesn't really explain that these characters significance it just sort of assumes that you know like yeah um that's like i also heard an interview where like denise also said that like to get some actors on board he had to tell them like oh you're not big in this movie but you're big in the next movie and it kind of plays like that too where like certain actors show up in this that like yeah aren't that big in the in this movie but like i don't know like again you, him promising these actors is great but like what about the audience what like what are you doing with the audience to like 
let people know that these characters are important in the future. Like, it didn't really feel like he did, they did, or he, uh, Dennis did enough of a great job to, like, sort of illustrate why these characters may be important. So. Yeah. Um. All right. Any other thoughts before we give it a final score? I guess just, like, I just, I really wanted to see more of, like, the Benny Gesserits and their, like, scheming and planning. Yeah. I feel like we didn't get enough of the Emperor, of Christopher Walken. Like, yeah. he was really only in it for, like, like two scenes. Yeah. And I want to see more of him and, like, more of him being, like, fearful that this whole, like, conspiracy was going to come to light and unravel. Uh, obviously, we didn't see any of the other houses that they keep mentioning. Mm-hmm. They show up at the end, but we don't actually see them. So, And I know they're kind of leaving that for Messiah. I think Messiah, hopefully, we're going to get off of Arrakis and kind of explore the rest of this galaxy and what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, I guess that's some of the kind of mystery and appeal to Dune. Like, you're just coming into this world that's like, has its own history and and everything but you you don't you kind of slowly find out about all that um mm-hmm. but i did feel like man how many shots was there of them sticking like that thumper in the sand and just like over and over again and i'm like i'm tired of like seeing sand <laughs> the stupid yeah. thing and them riding the worms like i want to see more of the, the world and the politics and everything and what the, what's going on you know yeah <laughs> Yeah, just, it felt like there was a lot missing from this movie. And, like, again, it's a very visually interesting movie. The acting's all great. Like, on paper, for me, like, if they were able to, like, actually make this world feel fleshed out and they were actually, you know, making things kind of all tied together, it probably would be a 10 out of 10. But, like, with all these issues, for me, it's, like, a 7 out of 10. And uh, it just never really came together for me um, to the point where even the visuals kind of were just like starting to lose their luster for me where I was just like, oh, okay. This is just more visuals. For me, I'll, I'll give it like between an eight and a half or a nine. But I do, I do think a lot of that is just kind of, it, it was pretty thrilling, the cinematic experience, seeing it in IMAX and everything. Like, if you go for that, it's it's a great kind of event film. Mm-hmm. But I do feel if I were to watch this just at my home, uh, you know, on my TV, it'd probably be more around like an eight, eight and a half, maybe. Um, so this is how much you value the visual spectacle of it. Um, but I enjoyed it, and I'm I'm gonna have to watch these two parts back to back. I think eventually. Oh yeah, and I mean. I'll say this. I'm still wanting to see Dune Messiah. Like, I'm still invested to see how this story goes. It's just... Oh, yeah. I think some people are treating this like this is the Empire Strikes Back, this is the Twin Towers, and I'm like, nah, not quite. At least not not, really. At least not on a quality level. Like, maybe in terms of the plot elements, sure, but, like, yeah. Like, quality-wise, this is no Empire Strikes Back for me. Cool. Well, that's the only thing to review this week. I don't even know what there is to review next week, but I know we got uh, Ghostbusters coming at the end of this month, so there's there's that and a whole lot of nothing in between. 
Actually, I'm kidding. I think there's Netflix stuff to review next week. So, cool. Well, until next time, everybody. Bye for now.